So uh, again, always doubt uh, what you see online, even if you see uh, screenshots of people making millions or you know taking photos next to Ferraris. That's <laughs> not theirs. I <laughs> trust me. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pena Bilater. Today we have an institutional forex strategist and a trader. Sofian is an author of multiple books, including the Book of Backtest and the Handbook of Exotic Trading Strategies. He is very passionate about helping new traders achieve their goals. And to support this course, he has created a unique course on Udemy called the Applied Sentiment Analysis for Trading. He also specializes in trend analysis, machine learning, forecasting and creating winning trading strategies. In this episode, we talk about sentiment analysis, including the put call ratio and the wicks, macro indicators used for forex trading, benefits of backtesting and some tools we can use to do so, the importance of recording your trades and reviewing them regularly, dark pools, harmonic patterns and much much more. Personally, my biggest takeaway from our conversation was how disciplined and methodical Sofian is with this trading system. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show, Panel Bilator. Thank and you, it's a pleasure to have you. We'll first get started with your story on how you got started with Forex trading, how you got started with the institution and what actually inspired you to start trading. Of course. So many years ago, uh, I think about six to seven years ago, I was introduced to a trading mentor who, uh, who, offered, me, uh, to, uh, who offered me a course. Uh, and since then, I started the trading with him. He, he taught me a lot of uh, things about technical analysis, about sentiment analysis specifically for Forex trading, I saw that he was uh, extremely profitable, extremely disciplined. And uh, the, the, the second thing is what attracted me most to him because yeah. uh, uh, as he always say, being disciplined is much more important than having just one profitable strategy. Um, so I took, uh, I took his path, I started applying his methods, I modified them, and then I, I have my own method that, that, that basically started from the... Uh, from what he, he, he taught me and uh, I'm still in contact with him and he's still very profitable, very disciplined. So, uh, uh, so that's actually what encouraged me uh, into going into this, uh, to this business. Yep, that's awesome. So do you trade uh, your personal portfolio now or do you manage funds for an institution? Uh, no, actually in my current job, we, um, we manage a small portion of uh, the client's account. So, through systematic and discretionary strategies. And, uh, but mostly we do uh, analysis and research to provide the traders and the portfolio managers with, with, uh, with, with trading strategy or analysis. And on, on, on my personal uh, side, I manage my own, uh, my own account as well as some, uh, some friends' accounts. So it's not really a, a, a huge business of uh, asset management, but uh, I do manage personal accounts. Right. So do you trade specifically for uh, Forex for or do you dive into equities and commodities as well? At the moment, uh, I just do uh, FX and from time to time some commodities, specifically gold or silver, but uh, it's, yeah. it's 99% uh, Forex. Forex, okay. Yeah. And 
Awesome. So just for the audience, could you please brief, briefly describe your investment philosophy, including some uh, non-negotiable rules that you always follow, that you always stick to? Of course. So my, my, my very first rule is that I believe that uh, we should always approach markets or analyze them through three or four different means. So uh, you will find people who only believe in technical analysis, people who only believe in fundamental. I, I actually believe in all types of analysis. So what I, what I, how, how do I analyze the market is I always start from the long term through fundamental and technical analysis and then go down the short term with both so fundamental and technical analysis until I, I arrive at the uh, tactical uh, horizon, which is a few weeks to a few months where I use sentiment analysis and coupled with some quantitative and pattern recognition to complement my, uh, my full research. And then I keep going down until I reach the, uh, the, uh, the few days uh, horizon, which is mostly for swing traders. So uh, if I want to trade, if I want to find a trade, I will check the, the market sentiment. If investors are extremely bullish or extremely bearish, and then I I I, uh, I check out the uh, the investors' expectation with regards to fundamentals, for example, interest rates or uh, inflation uh, levels. And then I find out the uh, the technical uh, the technicals of the of the security analyzed before I actually can say that I want to go long or short. And even before that, I, I, I analyze the risk. If I, do I have some uh, upside potential on this? Uh, will my uh, risk reward ratio be good if I enter this? And then I finally hit the uh, trigger button. For Forex, how, what fundament, fundamental metrics do you closely look at? Like, is it macroeconomic indicators or geopolitics? What are the major influences for the Forex markets? Yes, actually, that's, uh, that's correct. So. Uh, if, if I want to give you an example on the uh, on one of the economic indicators that uh, impact uh, forex uh, is the uh, the ISM purchasing managers index, which is heavily uh, heavily correlated with the economic cycle. So uh, basically, if it's uh, let's let's take uh, an approach, uh, if it's uh, at an all-time high, the ISM PMI, that is quite inflationary for the dollar, and if it's highly you know uh, on uh, on the top. We can say that basically we are too inflation inflationary, and we might see some deflation. So if if you if we see a lot of uh, high value of the item, we can see that uh, the dollar might might uh, rise in the tension because we might see some deflationary uh, effects. And uh, for example, some other uh, economic indicators is the CPI, which is the uh, the proxy for the inflation. We can monitor the wages increase now that the NFP does not really do much for the for the volatility in the FX market. Um, of course, geopolitics play a huge role, especially that uh, a few days ago when uh, President Trump was diagnosed with COVID, we, we saw the dollar-yen uh, plummet. So we, we have to always be uh, aware of these, uh, these things. Yeah, you have to always switch notifications on for Donald exactly. Trump's Twitter. <laughs> and put out yeah. our stop losses. <laughs> yeah, stop losses, exactly. And um, yeah, with uh, especially like interest rates, the Fed has guaranteed that it's going to be stable for the next three to five years. So does that um, have a big role to play in Forex markets? Because interest rates are going to be stable. So it's pretty much you can actually forget about interest rates for now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So when, when, when the Fed says that uh, uh, they won't do much to change, we can focus on other, uh, other things that, uh, that might have more of an impact because 
interest it's true that they 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 make uh, they create some volatility they distract investors from uh, the the short term because if you raise interest rates it, you're you're more uh, for the the long term because you will invest your assets in that currency which will be more attractive with higher interest rates um so yes i i believe what you said is uh, is quite correct and we can focus on uh, more important indicators right um so let's talk a bit more about sentiment analysis and how an average investor can actually use that for both stocks or forex of course so uh, um if we want to choose the two best equity uh, sentiment indicators i would say the put call ratio and the vix for the put call ratio it's simply uh, uh the, the 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 ratio of puts relative to the call so Intuitively, it's negatively correlated to the equity market because the puts are the right to sell while the calls are the right to buy. Uh, the way we use these are through extremes. Uh, I mean, the whole premise of sentiment analysis is through extreme and uh, extreme uh, is it, through statistical extreme. Sorry. So if you have a statistical uh, bullish extreme, we can say that it's it's already too much, and we can reverse, and vice versa. So, for example, if you have uh, a high uh, put call ratio we know that we we might see a bottom on on the S&P 500 so we, what we can do is that uh, we can calculate these statistical extremes using uh, basic uh, descriptive stats uh, such as uh, volatility uh, through standard deviation and we can, can and we can monitor these levels to find out uh, the bottoms and the tops on the S&P 500 so um, as for the vix we can use the uh, either the divergence method or the uh, the, the spike method the spike method is a bit uh, more subjective. In in a way, we say that we uh, we had uh, a recent high spike that is higher than the recent the, the, the most recent one. So we say that so we probably seen a bottom. But uh, personally, I prefer the divergence method, which is exactly like uh, in technical analysis, where you use, for example, the RSI divergence with prices. But here, knowing that the VIX is negatively negatively correlated, if they do the same movement. That's a divergence. So if the if the stock market is doing lower lows while the VIX is doing lower lows, then we have a divergence, and right. we might see a, a move. So we might see a, a contrary move on the S and P 500. Personally, yeah. I prefer the put call ratio, but the VIX VIX divergence is extremely strong. Yeah. So in cases where the the markets are rising and the VIX is also rising, what does that indicate? Because usually when the markets are rising, VIX should fall. But yes. I've noticed that sometimes, especially during the last few months, when sometimes the markets are rising, the VIX is also rising. Does that mean there's uh, investors should be more cautious? Yes, exactly. That's what I call uh, the uh, the bearish divergence on the on the VIX. Uh, okay. It's, uh, yeah. it's another way to 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 say that volatility is creeping up. It's creeping up. Sorry. So uh, normally, when we see this uh, this phenomena, we we can say that. Uh, it's a bit uh, risky. One of them is wrong, either the VIX or the S&P 500. And more often than not, mm -hmm. uh, we find that the S&P 500 was wrong and uh, we might see a correction or a small reversal. So um, in your trading technical analysis, what are the top uh, two to three indicators that you uh, incorporate in your trading system? Um, so uh, in technical analysis, I always divide the, the markets into two whether they are ranging or trend following. So for okay. markets are ranging, I specifically use the RSI's default value because if I use the default value, I know that a lot of other people are looking at the default yeah. values. 
and we might see the same signals. Of course, I do not act on solely on the indicator, but it, 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 it's a big uh, conf uh, confirmation signal to me to see uh, that the RSI in, in a ranging market uh, lying uh, in an oversold or overbought zone. For, for when markets are trading, I consistently use a long-term uh, moving average consisting of uh, 700 period, which I find uh, through the backtest I've done and through the discretionary trading, I, I found out that the 700 moving average works uh, very well on uh, long-term uh, uh, reactions or even reverses. Right. So at 700 day moving average, mm. uh, 700 yeah. day, that is it for Forex? Because I feel like for stocks, that would never work for 700. Yeah, actually, because since stocks uh, are mainly trading, the 700 will be always too far. So yeah. on stocks, I, I prefer, I think, the, the, either the 100 or the 200. On 200, the S&P, right. I prefer the 200. But yeah, on Forex, uh, the 700 works quite well. So you mentioned about backtesting and how important that is to your trading. So for backtesting, for an average investor, what do you recommend? Do you recommend uh, them learning the basics of Python and doing it themselves or simply uh, using a tool online to do backtesting to confirm their methods? The perfect thing to do, the ideal thing to do is to, to, to do it yourself from scratch because then you will know what, what you're actually doing. I mean, most of the tools online are good and uh, they are uh, designed specifically for, the, for this purpose, but I, uh, I recommend if you want to be great at backtesting and you know, to master what you do is to do it from scratch because only you will understand the architecture of the, of the program. So if, if anyone is interested in doing that, I would recommend Python. It's uh, very uh, flexible, it's, a, it's an easy language to learn and very intuitive. So I defi definitely recommend Python. I have the, the, the best tr uh, truth that uh, this thing works. It will help me be disciplined because let's say I, I, I've already done my back test. I'm in the trade uh, with the strategy that uh, I have seen to, to work in the past. And then maybe markets are not doing so well. I, I would say that, okay, hold on tight. You've seen this in the back test. Sometimes it goes, uh, it goes bad. Sometimes the hit ratio is just like, 60%, it's not, uh, I mean, on 10, it will work six times, it, it will not work on 10 times. So the, the important thing is to hold uh, your position uh, in order to respect the risk you have taken. And then later you, you will uh, evaluate the risk uh, uh, well because you have been, uh, you, 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 you were disciplined. So the way you track your portfolio every month and write down the winning ratio, write down how many trades, the average win, so how important is that for the average investor as well? And what are some simple tools they can use to actually go about that? Uh, yeah, so, uh, so for, the, um, for the monthly appraisal, it's, it's extremely important to understand how, how well you have done in the, re in the recent uh, 30 or even 90, uh, 90 days. Uh, the three metrics I mainly use are the hit ratio, uh, even though uh, to many traders the hit ratio is the most important thing, but to me it's just uh, it's just the number because uh, it uh, it does not reflect the risk. the The most important performance ratio is the expectancy, and the expectancy simply takes the uh, the weighted uh, average gain minus the weighted average loss. So it takes into account the hit ratio as well as the average gains and losses. If your expectancy is good, is like uh, positive, for example, if if, if, if 
it's ten dollars it means that on average and based on your hit ratio you will gain on every trade on every future trade ten dollars which is good because you're making money so uh i would definitely say that uh in terms of uh, ranking my first uh, performance ratio is the expectancy followed by the risk reward ratio which should always be superior to 1.8 and and finally the hit ratio it's good to have a hit ratio above 50 but if you have a risk reward ratio of let's say two you only need uh, a hit ratio of uh, 38 40% uh, to, to be profitable yeah and your hit ratio for the last month was pretty amazing 0.8 that's oh yeah it, it, is uh, that a personal record it, it's a personal record and i doubt that it will happen again because <laughs> i suspect that was uh, there there was a lot of luck in there because generally i mean 80% is a bit uh, too much with with yeah. with such a random like market so i but believe I, that that was yeah. luck and i cannot say that uh, well, look at me i'm too skilled no no that was that was yeah. mostly luck and <laughs> do you mind talking briefly about your udemy course and what you offer of course so um referring back to what we discussed on sentiment uh, analysis i have a third indicator that i constantly constantly use it's called the commitment of traders report and it's okay. basically a um some might call it a proxy for fundamental analysis for people who don't really have the time because it tracks the big players the hedgers the hedge funds the asset managers it tracks their positions to know if they're overly bullish or overly bearish so we know that uh, sentiment analysis relies on uh, the statistical extremes if we see uh, a lot of bullish uh, uh, for example bullish hedge funds on the euro dollar uh, we can say that uh, it maybe it's already too much statistically it's too much maybe we can go in the future maybe you can start thinking about a bearish euro dollar so um in my udemy course i try to outline that i explain the commitment of traders report from from scratch i present the statistical elements and then i present different strategies on using these um these uh, statistical strategies uh, to define uh, and to forecast the the commitment of traders report and then i backtest in python uh, the different strategies uh, on different uh, currency pairs. Uh, for the books, I have recently uh, released the Book of Backtest, which uh, which is uh, a collection of uh, many known and less known strategies. Uh, I provide the code and the performance uh, performance statistics for people who want to replicate uh, the strategies nice. or even um, build up on them. I mean, I, I I did not optimize because I know that uh, that people will uh, will will do will. Uh, do it themselves for example when i present an rsi simple strategy i i show that you can of course use 14 15 16 and then you can optimize the holding period but here's the code here's what it uh, can can do so uh, you can backtest it yourself you can combine it and uh, i also backtested some pattern recognition strategies and machine learning strategies that are also interesting in my daily uh, daily trading uh, framework you talked about hedge funds and how they get involved in how they have they push the prices up so how is it related to dark pools and is that something similar is that something that should be taken into account as well when you're a forex trader yes, so yes so uh, i would say dark pools dark pools is meaning for uh, stock traders because dark pools are just uh, hidden liquidity exchanges that uh, that that are used for big players uh, such as uh, hedge funds or or pension funds so it's it's more uh, for uh, stock traders 
And uh, the way we can think uh, about dark pools is that uh, the dealer's uh, activities in, in the background can create uh, interesting opportunities, negatively correlated because they are dealers, so they're hedges. And uh, um, there's, a, the, there's a website that offers these, uh, uh, these data of the dark pools for free and for, uh, to the public. Uh, I, I actually use the same um, sentiment uh, logic behind, behind this to, to say that uh, we are in an, on an extreme, so we might uh, have uh, some opportunities. And uh, I think this year it has really detected some good uh, tops and bottoms. I mean, using the, the dark pools, it has detected some quite good uh, tops and bottoms. Right, so I understand that you have like a solid trading system and a plan. Do you regularly keep modifying it or do you stick it because it has worked for you so far? Yes, uh, I continually improve the research part. However, the risk part, uh, since it works well for my risk profile, I tend to keep it. So the anything from uh, ranging from the stop losses, from the trading stops, from, uh, from the volatility management, that I keep. However, uh, when, because I'm constantly doing research, sometimes when I find the let's say an, int uh, an interesting indicator that works better than the one I have, I tend to switch it up. So the research, yes, it, it continually improves and it should be because markets are evolving and does not just yeah. stay the same. But the risk, I believe that each one of us should have his or her own uh, risk uh, management process. I use the Australian dollar to US dollar as like a barometer for economic activity, actually, because in March it uh, went to all time lows and now it recovered all the way and now it's correcting again. So yeah. are there any currency pairs like AUD, USD that um, translate into other markets? Uh, actually, yes. There's, uh, for example, the, uh, uh, if, if we still, uh, if we stay still in the, uh, the Aussie dollar example, we can uh, take that as a proxy for, uh, for uh, the copper, for example, or copper. So if, oh, if anyone okay. is trading commodities, they will definitely monitor the, the Aussie dollar. If uh, other people are trading other types of commodities, there's the, uh, the dollar czar, which is the, uh, the, uh, the South African uh, currency. There's the dollar cat for oil traders. Uh, uh, even, uh, I mean, for, even for gold traders, the Aussie dollar is still a pretty good uh, proxy. The whole year has been volatile. Have you adjusted your strategy or do you forecast anything uh i mean basically with um when we are in a such a pandemic and uh, political you know a bit of uh, uh tensions from here and there i tend not to forecast uh, the long term i tend to focus more on the on the short term because that's when technicals thrive they uh since there's uh, too much uh, random movements uh, no nobody knows what trump will say nobody knows what will happen in iran so it's, uh, it's, 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 I think it's more difficult to forecast the economics than to forecast uh, the technicals at this moment. So the, um, the only thing that I have done in response to this, uh, this issue is uh, sometimes I limit my position sizes if we are in a hot zone of, uh, uh, of tensions. But other than that, I try not to uh, forecast uh, long-term uh, uh, evolutions until we are more in a stable environment. Yeah, so protecting your capital is yeah. the number one priority. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so what would be some of your biggest lessons 
throughout your trading history? Of course. So I can name uh, two of my biggest lessons. The first one is uh, sometimes when it's too uh, too good to be true, then it probably uh, <laughs> probably is because uh, sometimes you do your research, you do your backtest, and you find uh, the results are astonishing, and you say, okay, this is my this is the strategy that will make me uh, a lot of money. But in the reality, uh, not really, because sometimes you make uh, errors in the in-sample period. Sometimes the markets just simply change. Sometimes you forget. Uh, uh, I, I remember one time I forgot a I forgot a comma in the code, and it just switched uh, the result to <laughs> yeah. Wow, uh, that's crazy. This was uh, I think this was three years ago, and it was yeah, uh, it it was very bad. Damn, and just a comma. Other, yes. So always uh, the the moral of the story is to always doubt the per, the, the first result and you always uh, approach it from different angles. For example, if you do your research in Python, you find your results, you doubt your results, maybe try them manually, even in Excel. I mean, uh, I recommend that you try it uh, in different uh, ways. If you if you obtain uh, the same results, then it's it's the first green light to proceed. The second lesson would be uh, would be more of a disciplinary. Um, uh, topic is uh, to always stick to one risk reward ratio, always stick to your stop losses, never enlarge them because maybe in your head you will say that, uh, okay, it will reverse, I will just widen my stop loss. But it, I mean, it, it happens in like 10% of the time, but 90% of the time it will continue to to uh, to touch your enlarged stop loss and make your uh, uh, loss even worse. So being disciplined in risk management and always doubting your uh, first results is uh, is two things I have learned uh, the hard way. Yeah. And yeah, I'm pretty sure like your mentor had to do a lot with your initial success as well. And exactly. how, how important was having a mentor and do you currently mentor other beginners who are starting out as well? Uh, having a mentor will ensure you don't uh, do the uh, the beginner's mistakes uh, uh, because you will have someone who already ha has done these mistakes and will uh, will help you uh, through them. So I, I believe it's very important to have a mentor. Uh, as to me, I do not think I'm already qualified to mentor people, but in the future I, I tend to, I, I, I think I will uh, start helping out people because I see many, many mistakes. Even even my friends who are starting out trading, they they tell me about things that uh, even I uh, when I when starting out I thought they would work, but uh, in reality they don't. So I the same mistakes happen in time again. So I think uh, it's very important to for uh, uh, for experienced traders or for people who who already know this topic to to help the beginners so that they I mean it doesn't feel good to lose money. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we should always help uh, newcomers and pr protect them from scammers, from uh, fraud and from other uh, issues. Yeah, there's a lot of scammers recently yeah. since of that. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah, heaps. And yeah, just another hypothetical question. So say if someone wants, to, they just heard about trading recently and they're not sure on what to pick, stocks, equities, forex, commodities, and they're just confused what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them that if if they're more focused on a globalized approach, on a macro approach, if they're interested in all that is global, I would say go for forex. 
uh, at the same time i would uh, i would tell them that this market usually range so ranges sorry so uh, do not expect to only buy 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 sometimes we'll have to short uh, if someone is more of a long term investor i would definitely recommend stocks uh, or to invest in, 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 in a passive ETF that tracks uh, US market or uh, European market. If they are interested more in, I mean, if they, if they prefer supply and demand analysis, if they, uh, if they have more practical approach, I would uh, consider commodities trading. So uh, again, always doubt uh, what you see online, even if you see uh, screenshots of people making millions or you know, taking photos next to Ferraris, that's <laughs> not theirs, I, trust me. And uh, always, uh, it, it takes time. I mean, you will not uh, make money over time. And um, just uh, be patient and uh, be disciplined. Do your research, do your back tests, uh, read up a lot, follow uh, successful investors such as Warren Buffett and uh, Jim Simmons of, uh, friend of, uh, of Renaissance Technology. So just... Uh, Take, uh, take up good idols and mentors and always uh, continue improving your research method. Yeah, yeah, that's the first point was really, I think a lot of people overlook that because I think of it as a bell curve and on social media, you only see the top 0.01%. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Whereas 99% they are like struggling still. So, yeah, yeah. but people only see the cream of the crop. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so finally, where can people reach you and what can they expect from you? Uh, I mean, I'm reachable on uh, Twitter uh, by message, on Quora by message, on LinkedIn, uh, and even on Instagram. Uh, anyone can send me a message. I mean, most people do send me messages. I reply uh, directly. So even if they have questions on trading or anything, I, I'm, always, uh, I'm always available. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Great, yeah. thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for your time, Sophia. Thank you very much. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something new from this episode. If you did, make sure you like, comment and subscribe. And if you know anyone who would benefit from the content we covered today, make sure you share it with them and add some value to their life. Have a blessed day and take care.